entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. Shows for the whole family. Waterbury Palace, your palace, your place. Waterbury Palace and good Friday morning to you, everybody. I'm Sherry Marcucci, the Marketing and Public Relations Officer at our fabulous, wonderful, magnificent Palace Theater right here in Waterbury, Connecticut, and so happy to be with you for your Palace, your place twice a month to bring you all kinds of information, information certainly about our Palace Theater and what's happening there, and oh my goodness, a lot is happening and a lot is planned, but also about our other arts organizations, not only in the greater Waterbury community, but throughout Connecticut and beyond sometimes, and we try to infuse some light moments about uh, some great opportunities for foodies. We have our restaurant partners that we talk about in uh, our Andres and Encores part, uh, program, as well as um, talking about just lifestyle, what's trending, what's hot. And here we are, I cannot believe, and I'm looking at um, our guests that I'll introduce in a moment, um, I cannot believe that we are today, September 1st. September 1st, I'm like, sayonara summer already? How did this happen? Um, and I was talking uh, before the show started. Uh, it feels to me like summer just never really showed up this year. I don't know. For, you know, we had a little, you know, kind of summery weather on and off, but uh, it was like it couldn't make up its mind to fully blossom. And now here we are with 40 degree temperatures overnight. Oh, somebody told me yesterday that I work with that they put their heat on the night before. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. That's much too soon for that. But anyway, um, so here we are. It's Labor Day weekend. Um, and, you know, the kids are back to school, right? And it's that psychological turning of the the clock, the page there. We all get into this this other mode. You know, summer is laid back and fun and long days. And, and now we're all like, oh, my goodness. And that's reflected and so many things now are coming up. It's like I'm, I keep adding things to my calendar and going, oh my goodness, when, how am I going to get all these things in and done and whatnot? But it's an exciting time, too. And certainly... Uh, you know, there's so much to do. I, you know, in next weekend, next weekend is September 9th and 10th. So I know that locally, um, through our Main Street Waterbury, we have the Brass City Brew Fest. And I have a feeling, I know I have, uh, sons that always attend this, but, um, that's, uh, downtown and right in downtown Waterbury and the street, Grand Street gets blocked off, Library Park and whatnot. But I think that's, you know, it gets sold out for sure. I don't know if it's sold out at this moment in time, so you might want to check Main Street Waterbury's website or give them a call um, and find out if you're interested. But it's grown into the like the, the preeminent uh, uh, beer festival in uh, our area and probably in uh, the tri-state area. I'm, I'm going to exaggerate a little bit, but I, I know that it's grown quite significantly and become uh, very well known and respected uh, beer fest. So 
if that's your thing and you, you want to check it out, like I said, go to um, the website for Main Street Waterbury. The, the, also next weekend, the 10th, um, a Taste of Litchfield is happening, mm-hmm. and that's going to be held at the, um, uh, high, what is it called, South um, Morris Farms in, no, that's not what it's called. <laughs> Southwind Farms in Morris. That's what it's called. And um, that sounds like a lovely event with all kinds of restaurants from that area. You know, um, we always like to promote our own people and our own Greater Waterbury uh, partners. But, um, you know, it's always good to check out what else is going on. And I think there's going to be some very good purveyors there as well. I know that the... Um, uh, the people that, uh, do the, um, ice cream there and the, um, the dairy, uh, and their name is escaping me, Johnny. You know who I'm talking about, right? In, in the Litchfield area. Is they make. Arethusa, thank you. My guests just helped me out and saved me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, they're going to be there, and there's going to be a lot of different um, restaurants that are in the Litchfield area. So if you're looking for something unique and different and you want to venture that way, certainly check that out. It's a taste of the Litchfield Hills, and I would presume there's a website. You can find information out about that. What else? Oh, of course, we're kicking off the palace season uh, in, in October, actually. Our first shows of the season are uh, a concert with Ray LaMontagne, who many of you uh, may know of. He is... Uh, uh, Blues and independent kind of um, music. And last time he was at the palace, that's the show sold out. So um, if that's your your thing, you want to check out our website. Check out our website often because there's always something new up there. Um, also, we have a, the prices right live. Which is, yes, it's the game show, not the televised game show, but it will be an opportunity. You can um, win prizes, actually. So somebody could actually go home with a new car or have won a new car. I don't know if they'll actually drive it home right from there, but I don't think so. But anyway, so um, that's going to be fun. And then that. Let's see, that week is a busy week for us. That's the week of October 16th. So October 20th and 21st, that weekend, we have our uh, first national tour in our Webster Broadway series, A Gentleman's Guide to Love and Murder. And I'm just going to tell you, this is one of the funniest shows you'll ever see. And if you haven't heard of the title, it won the 2014 Tony Award for Best Musical, by the way. Um, so you, 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 uh, if you love theater, you know the title. If you, if you haven't heard of the title and you're like, what is it about? It's funny, funny, funny. It's actually about this, this, um, this person, Monty Navarro, who uh, decides he's going to devilishly kind of kick off the people ahead of him in line for an inheritance. And it's got that British humor, very, very funny. And one, one actor actually plays about eight parts. So it's, it's nonstop. It's a musical. It's hilarious. And it was 
it was created at Hartford Stage right here in Connecticut several uh, seasons back. Had a very successful run there and then transferred to Broadway um, and uh, and was uh, had a successful run on Broadway itself and then went out on its national tour. So we're just so thrilled and excited and I'm hoping I'm hoping we can get someone from Hartford Stage perhaps even um, the um, the artistic director from Hartford Stage, Darko Tresnyak, um, to maybe be on our show in, uh, in a couple of uh, weeks. So uh, keep your fingers crossed, and I'll keep you posted on that. Um, we also, of course, have the, our big, big production, Phantom of the Opera. The Phantom of the Opera, Cameron McIntosh's spectacular new production that's been on tour, has not been in Connecticut yet, will not be back in Connecticut after our engagement November 15th through the 26th. So if you want to see the show, if you love Phantom, if you've never seen it and have heard so much about it, it's iconic. It's been on Broadway now, uh, just a little under 30 years. In London, you know, 31 and a half years. It is the longest running musical on Broadway ever. Okay, so, I mean, uh, um, so this is a show you don't want to miss as it makes its, you know, engagement here, right here in Waterbury. And I have said it before and I will say it again. The palace and this show were meant to be together because of the opulence and beauty of our, our palace theater. It's magnificent. And then you have the opulence and lush beauty and the costumes and the scenery and the over-the-top story of the Phantom of the Opera. They're meant to be, you know, together. So it's so exciting. And just think about this as you're listening over the course of that two-week engagement, 16 performances, 30,000 people will be coming to Waterbury. What an opportunity. What an opportunity to showcase our city and all that it is. What an opportunity for businesses to um, be a part of, you know, the, um, you know, reaping the benefits of having all those people, the hotels, the restaurants, and all the other ancillary businesses, you know, taxis, perhaps, car services. We're even going to be unrolling, uh, unveiling something very special in terms of uh, transportation. So I, I'm not ready to talk about that, but we will be before Phantom. So um, stay tuned and uh, pay attention to that. Anyway, we have got so much to talk about, and I want to—I don't want to belabor. I want to get right to our first guest. Um, I am so delighted, and he, what a what a delight you are, Robert. Robert, and I'm going to say this right, Chinante. Okay, Robert Chinante, the new new executive director for the Waterbury Symphony right here in Waterbury, um, and. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And, you know, Robert just told me something before, right before we went on the air. And I, I, I love this. I asked him his age. He is, he is a millennial. He is 28 years old. I said, I could be your mother. (laughs) (laughs) And, but what he also told me was that, um, he, when he got hired, 
um, he was told that he was the youngest executive director of a symphony in the whole United States. So, Robert, that's a pretty impressive thing. So, t- first of all, welcome to Waterbury because you moved here from down south. Uh, I was I was in Richmond, Virginia, where I was working with the Virginia Opera, but the Northeast is home. Uh, I grew up on Long Island. Oh, you did? Uh, New York. Okay. Yeah, so, and all I right. spent a lot of my life in Boston, mostly for school, um, attending New England Conservatory, where uh-huh. I studied opera. Oh, opera performance? Yes, opera performance. So you are a performer. By training, by training a performer. So it really feels like uh, a nice mix to be back here in Connecticut, sort of halfway between New York, which I call home, and Boston, sort of my second home, and really feeling at home here in Waterbury. Well, sure, and um, your last name, I have to presume there's some Italian heritage (laughs) there. And so Waterbury, Long Island, I think you probably, you might call it gravy, we call it sauce, but... There we go. (laughs) I think... uh, you you will certainly be home in a city that has uh, a great uh, Italian history and heritage as well, Absolutely. as well as Irish and some others. But um, <laughs> anyway, so so how did you go from then? You you went to school to you know study and be an opera. Um, performer, a singer. Um, How did you end up in arts administration? Sure. You know, the arts have just always been central to my life, and I think the administration part was always there. I was always involved in activities that were having me in the administration side, and I think at a certain point I made a conscious decision. It just came a little more to the forefront. I knew this is what I wanted to do. I found it sort of empowering to be in a a leadership position that could help to to drive the arts forward. Uh, So started working in, in various initiatives and with various organizations, first in Boston with an organization called Music for Food, which oh. is a chamber music series that uh, raises money for hunger relief. Oh, then, I love that. And I bet you you're going to bring some of those initiatives to your work here. I, I'd love to, yeah. yeah. I'd love to, especially yeah. with our Music in Great Spaces series, our new community chamber music series All that right. goes throughout the region, uh, celebrating exceptional architectural spaces, but really trying to find more meaningful ways to connect with these communities outside of what we do in the concert hall at Naugatuck Valley Community College. Oh, love that. Love that. So so you make this conscious decision, and um, I have to ask you because I think we're at the palace. Many people, many of our staff, my colleagues, um, we've... We have been performers on various levels, but ended up in arts administration, too. And so I have to ask the obvious question. Do you miss performing? You know, I don't think I miss performing. I think singing will always be a part of my life, and I still find opportunities to sing that that I do enjoy. What I would say more importantly, though, is the performing background really helps to inform my work as an arts administrator, and I'm sure maybe even some of your colleagues find that at the palace, too. Yes, absolutely. And and I think you have a better uh, understanding of both sides of of what's going on, if you will. You know, Absolutely. you understand, and, and you're creating our, uh, with your organization. We're at the Palace, we're presenting, so we're not actually producing the art, but you're creating our, uh, your organization. Your concerts are created by you. Sure, well, it's, it's a, I think director. it's a mix of, of presentation, curation, sure. and, and creation, but it allows me to, to work, you know, in a special way with the musicians and with our maestro of more than two decades, Leif Bialens. Yes, yes, yeah, he's, 
he's a wonderkind, I think. He really is. <laughs> very, very creative. Um, so let's talk about the season. This is a, a special season because this is your 80th season? It is. Wow. I don't know if people really realize the history um, of, you know, I know they know you've been here, but 80 years, that's amazing for an organization to have withstood all the ups and downs of the economy and whatnot. Yeah. Um, so what are you doing special? Well, you know, I think this is a season where we really need to celebrate our legacy. You know, like you said, 80 years, we've been in the community for 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 this long and making people aware of that i often hear this phrase that the waterbury symphony is a hidden gem mm-hmm. and i love the phrase uh minus the hidden part i think we really need to work to become and this is a big part of my focus this season to become more visible in the community okay i love that thought we're going to we're going to pick up on that and talk a little bit more about that but first we need to take a break so let's do that and we'll be back in 2 minutes and we're back with your palace, your place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host, and um, I'm chatting here with Robert Chanante, the new executive. Di- I love saying that. I just Chinante. gave her a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> He's the new executive director of the Waterbury Symphony. And before the break, we were talking about um, your desire to um, bring the symphony m- m- more into our community in Absolutely. different ways. How are sure. you? You know, I, I look at my own life and I, I think sometimes I take the arts for granted. And I, I can't imagine what my life would have been like without the what it would be like without the arts. So I want to create that access for as many people as possible. And I think we do that by uh, sort of presenting a diverse artistic lineup, exciting programming at Naugatuck Valley uh, Community College, the Fine Arts Center. You know, we're orchestra in residence there. That's our permanent home. But then taking the concerts beyond the uh, Naugatuck Valley Fine Arts Center into really exceptional spaces that help to define our community. St. John's on the Green here in Waterbury, St. Michael's on the Green in Litchfield, the Mark Twain House up in Hartford, the Five Points Gallery in Torrington, and the Litchfield Distillery in Litchfield. These are spaces where you might not expect classical music, but we're bringing classical music there, and hopefully by doing so, we're also drawing in audiences that might not otherwise come to the Waterbury Symphony. What a great idea, and how that will enhance the person who's attending, you know, is in those spaces, attending perhaps something for another reason, but it's enhancing that experience for them. I love that. And your other um, program that you have that brings access, certainly, and we've been uh, working with you is um, your Bravo program, which is working with school children, and they've performed, actually, during our um, matinees before the shows of our Webster Broadway series last season. That was a great collaboration. Yes, and that that's really about you know music education, the next generation. That's how we're going to engender sustainability. Okay, I love that because I was going to ask you, and you being a millennial yourself, I'm sure you're you have a desire to reach not just your traditional audience, which I'm guessing is not dissimilar age wise to the traditional Broadway um, ticket buyer. Um, so you know, there's always uh, you know we always look for ways, as I'm sure you will, to bring in um, younger audiences. 
as well sure. and, and get them to appreciate this this art form uh, of symphonic music. Sure. I, I think we do that through a few ways. I mean, you look at our first concert. We're holding here the, the flyer, um, Romantic Virtuosity. This is some of the greatest works in the classical music repertoire. Dvorak's Boisterous Carnival Overture, Tchaikovsky's Beloved Violin Concerto, and Elgar's Enigma Variations. You know, here we have Natasha Korsakova. She's a beautiful young violinist. Uh, she, she's been with us before. She she's is a beautiful. friend of the symphony. You know, I think we... There's nothing we need to do to modify the greatness of these works. It's how we present it. So it's things like bringing great artists like Natasha, bringing great artists into our fold here in Waterbury. People like uh, Grammy Award-winning pianist Garrick Olson coming in the spring wow. uh, for Brahms Piano Concerto Number no. Two. But also programs, you know, going back to the music in great spaces. I mentioned the Litchfield Distillery. We're doing a program called Bourbon and Bach. So it's ah, sort of wow. hopefully breaking down that barrier between you know enrichment and enjoyment by love, bringing love classical that. music into a, a distillery and using the distillery as part of the performance, actually. Like, that is so genius. And, you know, between um, Leaf, and he was your artistic director, and yep. now yourself working together, I think, yes. you know, you are on a trajectory to make the symphony the, a part of more people's, um, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And um, I think that's yeah. great. The reason that I was intrigued to reach out to you, now here, this is, you know, you've heard me talking for months now about our engagement of the Phantom of the Opera coming to the Palace Theater. But also, it's a Phantom, what did I call it, Phantom fa Frenzy <laughs> on Facebook in, in this community in many ways. And you have something that you're doing that I, I think is <laughs> so much fun and just accidental synergy. We did not know this. They didn't, you know, yeah. there was no plan. So go ahead and talk and about it. And they're that. so close to each other, too, in terms of the timing, which yes. is great, about a yes. little less than a month apart. Yes. You know, talking about unique presentation, what we're doing with our second concert is we are taking the Lon Chaney silent film version of The Phantom. So we're going back more than 80 years, <laughs> uh, and we will have it projected on a screen at Naugatuck Valley Community College and at the Fine Arts Center. And while that is happening, having the orchestra play under it in a score that has been uniquely crafted by Maestro Leif Bialen, works by Tchaikovsky, Gounod, Sanson. So really um, sort of infusing some of these great classical music moments with this really, uh, you know, iconic piece oh, of, of sure. film yeah. history. And I think it's that whole idea, you know, you're presenting this wonderful new production. We're presenting something that sort of has a place in history. And it's, you know, that idea of what's old is, is new. new and, and that whole idea of nostalgia, but also being modern. And bringing it to new audiences who make, Absolutely. you know, there are people that they don't know who Lon Chaney is. They don't know this film necessarily, but may be intrigued because, and by the way, it's Halloween weekend, October right. 29th. Yes, it is. And, and that's at the... At your home. At, at our home at Naugatuck Valley's uh, Fine Arts, Naugatuck Valley Community College's Fine Arts Center. Okay, okay. And I, you know, that, that, that's a great opportunity for people who wouldn't ordinarily maybe go to, you know, a symphony presentation, but say, hey, or I'm a cinema buff. I want to see that exactly. movie. I want to see what they're doing with that, how they're enhancing that by having the um, symphony. And uh, I just think that's a genius idea, you know. And, and that just speaks to, you know, as you said, Leaf has been with you for 
two decades. More than two decades. More than yes. two decades. I mean, pe- these are treasures, people. These are treasures that we have right here in our Waterbury community, you know, right in our backyard. We have to, you know, support them and take advantage of all they bring to enhance the quality of life within our greater Waterbury community. Robert Chinanti, I would love to talk to you more, but I have another guest and we have other things to share. You have been a delight. You are going to be um, such a, a wonderful addition to our arts community, certainly, but the Waterbury community. So welcome from the palace. And, uh, you know, um, I, I'm just so delighted to have this opportunity with you this morning. Thank you again. It's been a real pleasure. Okay. All right. We're going to take another quick break, and then I'm going to introduce you to someone who's got a connection to the Phantom on Broadway. Stay tuned. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater, your palace, your place. And we're back with your palace, your place. I'm Sherry Marcucci, your host. And I have a guest in studio right now who I had to practically get a net and drag in here. No, I'm teasing. But I'm going to introduce him in one second. But I came across some interesting information um, this week when I was putting some notes together for the show this morning. And um, back in uh, January... Okay, so I'm a little late with this information. But um, back in January... The composer of Phantom of the Opera, which, you know, I talk about all the time now because it's our, our big, 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 big show coming. But Andrew Lloyd Webber, back in January of this past year, had four shows running on Broadway all at the same time. Can you imagine? I can't even imagine the genius of being able to write a, a song. But, I mean, to have four major Broadway titles running. He had Phantom, of course, which has been running for, you know, close to 30 years now. Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close that um, was running at the beginning of in, in January. I believe it opened and it closed in June. Um, what else did he have? School of Rock which I haven't seen yet, and I really, 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 really want to. And cats. I mean, holy mackerel. You know, uh, to just that just blew my mind when I came across that. So I just want to share that with you. Um, what a what an amazing what an amazing talent he is, and he's brought so much entertainment to so many people. And he also created a job by, by creating Phantom for somebody sitting next to me, who I'm so happy to have here, Dave Flowers. Dave Flowers, as many of you probably know, or maybe you don't know, is um, he is what makes things happen on the stage at the palace truly he is our chief production officer so good morning and welcome dave good morning (laughs) so dave (laughs) he said you really want me yes i do (laughs) because one of the things we try to do um with the show is you know give people some uh insights into you know things that they normally wouldn't know about and i keep alluding to the fact that you you uh have a broadway connection to phantom of the opera and so before i go there though i want people to know the quality and the caliber of the person that we have running what's happened from soup to nuts when you when you see on the pale stage is under dave's purview so you know he is in charge he is the man that makes it all happen seamlessly 
but he is from Waterbury, first and foremost, and I think proud to say that. Born and raised. Yep, born and raised, a product of the public school system. That's right. And that is where your appetite for theater got wet. You want to talk a little Absolutely, bit about that? Absolutely, yeah. It was actually at Westside Middle School and then Kennedy High School with uh, the late Kevin Collins. Um, he actually somehow made it very cool to do theater. It was the thing to do. So um, it was, you know, we would just, you know, always look forward to this production. And, you know, everyone was excited to be a part of it. So um, I just kept doing it. <laughs> and, and so he put, he ignited that spark and he was legendary. I know that so many younger um, you know, not young, so many people whose lives were changed because he turned them on to theater um, and then so when it was time to go to college now by the way, when you say theater, you were not be in front of the footlights, you were always well. Obviously, everyone tries out, okay. so I did, and I was horrible <laughs> at it. So, but I wanted to be a part of it somehow. Somehow, there was something. That's great. Yeah. That's great. And so, you found something that you were excited about, and then when you decided it was time to go to college, you decided to go where and do what? Uh, State University of New York at Purchase. It's okay. now Purchase College, so SUNY Purchase, yep. um, and the Design Tech program there. Yep, so it's a Bachelor of Fine Arts and Design Technology, Theater Design and Technology, with a concentration in lighting design. Wow, so, wow. Yeah. And, you know, some people say, oh, I didn't even know you could go to school for that, or, you know. Yeah, there's there was a lot lot less, um, we're talking, you know, a couple decades ago when this happened, but there was a lot less schools. There's more so now. There's more, um, more universities that are teaching, you know, highly technical theater. So you can graduate, and, and now you've got, this um, okay, like in on the performing side of of the theatrical world, it's you know okay. Now I need to get work. Right. So how did you go about doing that, and what was that part of your journey like? Well, it was even before uh, even before college. So I worked at the uh, as a, a first summer job um, when I kind of figured out that I wanted to keep doing theater. I worked at the old Oakdale when it was the Dome. Ah, so I did summer shows wow. there okay. um, as stage crew. So um, that's where I started meeting uh, professional stagehands um, and worked with them directly. And then um, uh, did that for many summers until I even got to school. So I had a little bit of a, I was early in getting some professional experience. So you had a little bit of an edge when it came time. To- I did. I did a lot of shows there. I mean, we did, uh, I think we must have done 80 shows. You wow. know, So a summer, it was every night. So, wow. um, so I had, and it was concerts. It wasn't Broadway. Yeah, and then, right. but during the school year, I would do, you know, legitimate, not legit. I would do Broadway musicals yeah. for the schools and then work out, um, work elsewhere, you know, just volunteer at other schools or other theaters, seven angels i've done you know little little stuff there during high school years so i had a lot of experience getting into college but the college really trained me for the commercial broadway theater um uh, so it it started earlier so after you graduate i graduated um I came back. There's, fortunately, in New England, there's a lot of work between New York and Boston. Um, we're right in the middle in Connecticut, yeah. so there's there's sure. a lot of work. So you uh, you find you find work. Okay, so you found work, but then your journey brought you to New York. 
you've got work in New York, which is, I would guess, like, if this is what you want to do, that's sort of like the was, epicenter. It was. Uh, yeah, uh, it, yeah, it is. So it is, you might, it is I mean, for me. It's not it, for everybody. Right. It is, right. It, it is for me, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so how thrilling. So what was your first job in New York City? Uh, well, was it off-Broadway, Broadway? Well, I, 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 was, I was working on shows or different industrials or corporate events. Okay. A lot of those. I don't even remember. I mean, even when I was in school, um, you know, you can take the train down to the city. So okay. it, I don't even specifically remember exactly what it was in okay. New York. I kind of slowly migrated to New yeah. York City. Yeah. Um, Did you have the, the way a performer, okay, I'm going to liken it to that, a performer who gets their first job, like in New York, that's the, you know, the starry-eyed kid who now is like, I've made it, I've got a credit, you know. Do you remember a feeling like that for a show you worked on? Uh, I think, um, or is it different for the stagehand? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't can't speak for every stagehand. Right. So, but for me, yeah, it was a slow excitement. Like I said, I slowly migrated to New York City. Okay. So then, it, you know, the probably the first job probably would have been a corporate event, um, where I was setting up, uh, you know, lights or sound or something mm-hmm. like that. And it might have been just for the load in. I wasn't there for the event itself. And then I went back to take it all down, basically. Right. So, okay. I load in, by the way, for those who mm-hmm. it's pretty. Obvious, I suppose, but you know, to set up a show, um, scenery, whatever, lights, whatever is involved in that production. Right. So, um, so I don't remember any one particular thing. So okay, it was a but, slow but, excitement. Okay. So, so now, but, but so, getting to Broadway, when I did get to go on to Broadway, it was absolutely, I was very satisfied. Yeah. Now it was. You worked on Phantom of the Opera. You were in the crew of Phantom of the Opera on Broadway. Was I that did. was that your um, first big show? Um, oh. No, I, I worked in different capacities, either uh, on uh, Broadway show or off Broadway show or off 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 Broadway shows okay. throughout. You know, throughout until right. I got to the Phantom okay. portion so, of my career. So I would think that's a pretty that's a pretty big feather in your cap at that point. Well it was it, it absolutely was. It absolutely was. Um I enjoyed every second of, of oh, being there. Yeah. I love yeah. to hear I mean, you know, as a parent and I'm I you have a, a delightful, lovely young lady by your daughter, um you, you and your wife and um you know, you you say to your kids, Look, you have to work so you might as well do something that you you love because you have to you know get up every day to make a living yeah. and for you to say make that kind of a statement um and you're so fortunate you're really so fortunate i think and you work hard i'm not saying you didn't put your your dues in but that's really a wonderful thing to be able to say no it's it's it, it's timing is everything it really is yeah, it, sure. it, with anything no matter what job it was it was always timing so um it just, the timing just worked Worked out great. Yeah. So, so in um, Phantom's lifespan, if you will, by the when you got there, where was you know had it been on Broadway? How long um, at that point? I, when I was down there, they celebrated. I, I can't remember. It was the twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary? Maybe the twentieth anniversary. Well, it's so hard to tell. Yeah. Maybe it was the twentieth anniversary when I yeah, was. Yeah, I think because it's like almost thirty, 30 now. now, and the palace has been open for over ten. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. yeah so, so, so roughly twenty years it was open. So that's when you were working there. That's when I was working. How long there. did you were you with the the crew there? It was on and off, roughly eighteen months or so. I so I started out as a sub, okay. um, as an assistant carpenter on the show. It's called the Pink Contract. So I worked for 
for the show worked with the carpenters of the house of the majestic. Now, carpenter does it mean what I think carpenter no, means? What does it mean? No, carpenter. It's not like a, a finishing carpenter of a house or anything like that. Carpenter is basically in TV like a grip. You move scenery. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, especially okay. Broadway. Broadway doesn't load in or load out very often at all. They just do their load in and then they run their show every night. So there's no there's no there's no cutting of wood right, in any right, sense okay. of the word. Yeah. So it's it's assembling and moving scenery and doing I scene love changes. Learning love. And I mean, I've worked in the industry, <laughs> but I never really understood what carpenter meant. Yep. So there's, there's just like fly. What's that term mean? So that, that's the the drops that come in and out. So okay. it's all the hanging scenery. It's all the rigging that gets done over the actors' heads. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah. So I was on the uh, I was an assistant carpenter on what's called the pink contract. I worked for the show and I worked with the house carpenters for the majestic and we together we put the show on we did cues wow wow you know and dave dave because of his um background then this unbelievable thing happens in waterbury this beautiful beautiful theater you know is going to reopen it's going to be restored and reopen you must have i mean when you heard about that what, what, how, you know, well, with anything, you know, it's, I, I heard about it, and I just kind of, um, I handed my resume to a colleague who yeah. was on the Arts Commission at the time, okay. years before it opened, okay. and I just dismissed it. Okay. Absolutely dismissed it. So okay. I just, all right, well, throw, you know, here's a piece of paper. Yeah. I got to go to, I have a job to do over here. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so it, I think it was years later I got a phone call. The, you know, say want you to come in an interview with Frank. years later. So I people so. really do when they say we're going to hold on to your resume. I guess that really happens. Yeah, I <laughs> completely dismissed it. Absolutely dismissed it. I don't even remember how that even happened. So you never just, lobbied or no, you know, no, wow. not at all, not at all. Because you know, it in you know in this business, you know, there's a it's. A lot of ideas come about. Yes. Whether it gets produced, you know, yes, he always says, sure. oh, we're going to do a show. Uh, it fell through. The funding right. didn't come through. The actor right. isn't right. available. Right. So it happens all the time. Yep. So, yep. you know, you can't, you can't count on anything, yeah. you know. It's yeah. just, you're just fortunate when it does happen. So. So, so you get this call. And at that point, do you meet with Frank Tavera, our CEO now? Or? Uh, with I had a couple phone calls with uh, Jen Zambruski. Oh, Jen, of yep. course. Okay. Yep. And All then right. uh, and then finally uh, came in a few times into the old rectory building before okay. the theater. So that was yep. that was uh, maybe two months before we had our official opening. I think. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. Just like most of us, then it was a baptism by fire. Well, you knew the ins and outs, but still, you must have hit that ground running if it was only two months before. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And I was never, I was, you know, I drove by the theater yeah. ev- my whole life, you yeah. know, never been in the place, you know. Oh, really? Well, it wasn't open. It was closed. Yeah, that's we're right. closed my entire childhood. That's right. You're, you're definitely younger. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, so you're right. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so. Yeah. It, was, it was, yeah, it was, it was trial by fire. And I've never opened up a, a theater before. Yeah. You know, so it was, uh, it was really special. Hectic. Yeah. yeah. And, but special because. Oh, it's great to be a part of it. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave, for those of you who don't know him personally, is this a cool cucumber. I mean, he doesn't get ruffled. He's pretty even keeled, which you would have to be dealing with just the personalities. Um, the, uh, you know, when a show comes in and there's all these different people and, you know, he's got to keep 
he's got to keep it from becoming chaos, basically. Not to say they they are pretty well, you know, uh, orchestrated as well on their end, but nonetheless. You know, this is your house that you're letting these strangers into, and, and they have to, you know, kind of follow your rules. Yeah, and, th- and there's always shows before and always shows after, right. you know, so you have to be aware of, you know, what's what's happening after this and getting into these shows. Um, so and don't, and don't forget, there's, you know, there's a, an entire crew, you know, that's doing this as well. So they're, they're very professional, very yes. well organized. So that's a big help is having a professional crew with us, you know, so yeah. there's a lot of, um, it's, it's very efficient and it, yeah, people don't um, always know that the Palace Theater A is um, we present the the touring Broadway show. So we're not doing community theater, although there's certainly a place for that. But that's not what we do. We're a presenting house, and we're a union house. And the reason we're a union house is to be able to present touring Broadway. You have to be. There's, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not an option. Right. Exactly. You have to have a contract at least for the Broadway shows that we do. Right. You have to have the contract. But more importantly, it we need the professionals because it's extremely difficult to go from a Broadway show to a ballet the very next night yep. to a graduation the mm-hmm. next day after that, yep. and then back to a Broadway show or a symphony or a dance competition yes. or a photo shoot or so it takes trained professionals to do that kind of stuff. You're absolutely right, Dave. And I, you know, again, the, you know, the general public, when they come in for an event, whether it's a show, whether it's a, uh, like you said, a graduation uh, from, from one of the high schools or colleges or uh, whatever it is, uh, a wedding for that matter, they don't they don't see that behind the scenes, and we don't want them to, right. because that's what makes the magic. Right. You are the man who makes the magic happen, <laughs> really, right. and your team. Um, you know, uh, because without that support of that backstage, what happens in front of the um, car, or when once the curtain opens, would not happen. Right, right. And we and we don't want to give the the, the actors and actresses. They, they shouldn't be thinking about stuff like that. They right. have their own problems and, and to deal Absolutely. with. So we don't. You know, we want to make that as easy and comfortable for them it's our job to worry about what's going on before and after and during absolutely and i and i can um relate to that we have oh my god five minutes left Mm -hmm. to the show whoa um i was in in a community theater production um actually with tom shoot uh about 10 years ago now but anyway um and he had a scene with tom and all of a sudden this piece of scenery just fell almost on me and you know you you have to stay in the moment and continue on and um you're right i you know we don't want to have to when you're you know on the performer side you don't want to worry about a piece of scenery falling on you so um and that's what professionals make sure uh, doesn't happen so um you know like i said without without it's almost like kind of like the the body without our spine being all in alignment and supporting our internal organs they couldn't do their job and present our outer self as you, if you will um and you know we need that uh to do what we do at the palace absolutely yeah or any co- other collaboration thing. is key without a doubt there's so many different departments and different aspects to it yeah. and it all has to come there is a show time at yeah. eight o'clock there is a curtain and everyone has to be on board at yeah. that time yeah. yeah i know it's amazing it's it's such a well you hear the term well-oiled machine and it truly is and dave i know you i'm working with you you're so detail oriented and you know you're not a fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy uh creative types like 
he might be sometimes, <laughs> but uh, but um, you're certainly not, and um, you're just a delightful colleague. And I I I wanted the listening audience to also kind of get a sense of the professional we have working not just uh, in our administrative side, but what is happening on the stage. That You're the consummate professional. We are so lucky. And like you said, timing is everything. And so the confluence of events that allowed the palace to reopen, you had the training, you had the chops, and, you know, to get hired in your hometown. It's just such a great opportunity. It is. It's, I'm definitely lucky, without a doubt. I don't take it for granted I, at all. Yeah, yeah, I know. You're, you're a very humble guy, too. And I think, uh, yeah, like I said, you're a pleasure to work with every day so um you too thank you i try i try well thank you see this wasn't so bad now was it uh thank you very much you made it comfortable (laughs) i try dave i try oh my goodness well you know dave you uh you know phantoms just about here i mean we've got a couple of months and all your ducks are in a row we'll talk just like in a minute Mm -hmm. What the phantom, What? how many trucks are coming to uh, load in? Uh, it's. Okay. I believe it's 22, either 19 to 22. It, it's. I've had read a couple different contracts, so yeah. Okay, yeah. 19 to 22 big tractor, tractor trailers, trailers that are yeah. going to come and unload the sets and the scenery and everything. And this is, yeah, if you've seen Phantom, you know this, and this is actually a bigger production than the last time it went on tour, which is, I don't know, back in the early 2000s. Yeah, I think right? it was roughly 10 years ago. Yeah, the- so this is bigger better um you know and <laughs> i can only imagine when those trucks start rolling off the highway in a convoy really absolutely um, yeah. it's, such, it's such a cool thing to see and they of course are branded i'm sure the phantom trucks are branded with the logo and everything so it's so exciting i love that it is love it's, that. it's gonna be a tremendous yeah. amount of work yeah it's gonna take us three days to uh, get that show built holy mackerel all right. Well, we it's time to wrap up our show, Dave. So I want to thank all of you who have been listening um, uh, to your palace, your place. If you want to go to our website or learn about tickets or our upcoming uh, season, please go to Palace Theater ct.org or give our box office a call which is going to open in about uh, 90 seconds or a minute or something uh, 203-346-2000 we have a great uh, Webster Broadway series lined up we have other great programming coming and I, I just encourage you to uh, know what's in your own backyard and if you're streaming this show and planning a trip to Connecticut you don't want to miss coming to the Palace Theater as well as many of our other great arts organizations thank uh, our guest today, Dave Flowers from the Palace Theater and Robert Genante from the Waterbury Symphony Orchestra. Do something fabulous. You love arts-oriented this weekend with someone you love. And stay tuned for our local news. And Steve Knoxon coming up next with Talk of the Town. Bye-bye. Entertaining new possibilities. The Palace Theater.